we were thinking the pregame show just have a wrestling match match oh. to the death. The Lions fan, Bucks fan. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to someone dies or three o'clock, whichever comes. <laughs> Whatever first. happens first, or sweats through their shirt. Yeah, uh, we're, we're both in that, trouble. We're done. Yeah, we're done immediately here. Oh, yeah, baby, there was no fight to the death at midfield, but it is Monday, January 2nd. We know the conference championship matchups. It was an awesome weekend. Got to be in Detroit, Ford Field, with one of the best Lion fans around, Ahmed Fareed. Yes, he did shed a tear. Yes, he did. I did. I was there. I witnessed it. It was emotional. It was a lot of fun. It was a great weekend altogether. We had four Three pretty damn good games. All right, one was good for a half, and then one yeah. team controlled it. Uh, but I think it's exciting the matchups we got. What are you kidding me? The four like, teams are elite, like legit good. I think we got the four best that we needed in it. Right as I was sitting there, you know, I'm always rooting for the best matchup. I know I picked the Bills to win the game last night against the Chiefs and a close one, all that. But as the game went between the Bills injuries and watching the game, I'm going, no, the Chiefs are better. The Chiefs are going to be a better matchup for the Ravens. It's going to lead us to a better viewing experience yeah. next weekend. And then, of course, you know, our game next weekend. I mean, as in yours and mine, uh, because we become your nemesis the- again. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We almost had Michigan, Texas, but instead we get the 49ers versus the Lions. And you know who I'm rooting for. So we're going to have to root against each because other. Because you weekend. were around the Lions and now you've become a fan. Even though you're lifelong <laughs> friends with Kyle, you love the Lions and their brand of football so much now. Yeah, I do. I do respect. I respect everything about the Lions. Oh. I do that. You know that. Other than going for fourth down a little too much every now yeah, and then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it all. I really do. But it's like, yeah, the crazy uncle. You're like, ah, he's crazy. That's what makes him who That's he what is. makes him who he is. Exactly right. You got to deal with that a little bit. Uh, yeah, but no. that was cool. And then, it yeah, was we'll awesome. see how it goes with the four. I'm thinking about going to the game, right? You got to go. I know. I know. It's one of those where it's like, I want to go all the way, but I also know it's going to make my life more complicated and tiring. So I'm like, uh, I'm yeah. not sure. What but- would the situation, would you get tickets? You think? Do you think you could pull that off? I, I think I can manage some tickets. <laughs> would it be in a suite? I, I I don't know. I would hope so. Okay. We'll see where it goes. See that? You know? I think if we've that, secured that. That's pretty much like, will I they think. pay for my first class ticket out there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's, I'm th- not going to take off others. my shirt. Pete, Pete's going. You can say, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Jason Kelsey. I mean, it would be cool. <laughs> it would be yeah. a good visual. I'll get one of our other friends to do that if that's It the would case. not be out of character. You do party and have a good time. <laughs> I do. So I, feel I like do. I'm usually not the shirt off guy. That's true. But you never know. You get one extra drink in me, maybe I will be. Uh it was a great weekend. It was. And the fact that we were there in Detroit. and We hung out the whole weekend. It, we hung me. out the whole weekend. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. We watched the games on Saturday. And then you're, you're right. I did not anticipate like feeling that way because we were out on the sideline afterwards. And I don't know. It was just like you had the your thousands of fans there. Your whole life was coming to like a... Well, because you've watched them for your whole life. Right. And they've... Right. You, you've loved them. And they've, they've disappointed, you know? And I don't blame them. It's just the moments have not lived up. And so you're always let down. And so to have this moment with... You know, however many, I don't know, 60,000 yeah. fans in Ford Almost Field. 70 with everybody having that same feeling. That same of like, feeling. Yeah. And I think it was a combination, too, of it's just like we've been doing the shows together, football night, and you know how many, you know, pressure we're doing that and right. trying to get those right. And right. it was just at the end of it, it was like, wow, it actually is it done. It actually it's, happened. They're going out of the I championship I feel you, game. man. When they came out in the field to start the game, right, I was filming with my phone as they came out of the, because yeah. I like to send it back to my family because they all love it. But 
Like, I think you're, I was even emotional right then. I was just like, damn, this is amazing, right? And I sent it to my family, and to your point, my mom wrote, holy cow, I could cry, right? Hmm. So it just, it tells you, that's the way sports are. That's what's great about them. It's good to see people happy. It's good to see people get goals fulfilled, right? And the Lions feel like they did the things on the field, the fans, they've paid their penance, right? So it's good to see it finally be rewarded if you have, like, a bleeding heart in your chest. (laughs) You're happy for that, and I am happy for that. It was cool. Adam Blackall says the most important question of the weekend, how long did Ahmed get to stay on the sideline there? I stayed for <laughs> a while, long, uh, well, but we, we had to go. We weren't allowed on. you know. It, 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 During the game, no, they get us they out of there. They have weird rules in the NFL. I don't know what it is. They don't want the TV personalities being seen on the sidelines, whatever it is. But even though we pay all this money to do the games, yeah. they are actually, the NFL, more worried about getting us off the field than some like naked streaker running on the field. They literally be like, well, We'll deal with that in a second. Hold on. Yeah. we got to get Fareed and Sims and everybody else off the field first. Yeah. They've only paid us $7 billion this year to play. Yeah, it was, no, but yeah. it's just the way it is. It and, wasn't the most comfortable. But, but yeah. we were watching it on TV, so yeah. we were on the sideline for a little bit, and then after the game. We were um, comfortable Saturday. We were comfortable Saturday, Saturday watching we were the, in the games. Bar. In the I was trying bar. to give, you know, make Ahmed go into all my bad habits <laughs> and all that. He was a professional, but didn't go into all, but some, not all, but some, some. <laughs> um, and now, and now, as Pete wants to remind everyone, yeah. I am. I don't know. Have I ever told the story on this podcast before? I feel like I've told it one time. Yeah, a few years ago. So me and my buddy. 20-some years ago, made a bet. I bet him $100 that the Lions would play in a Super Bowl in Wayne Fonce's lifetime. The (laughs) former coach of the Detroit Lions, the one that we grew up watching and rooting for and always found a way somehow in the end of the year to get them into the playoffs. Not do that. Well, in the playoffs. Um, And now here we are. Man. We are. We so are. So your friend wasn't. There. He wasn't. He didn't think Wayne was going to live this long. So Wayne's, I think, eighty-two right, right. now. You know, he's living in eighty-three. He's yeah. eighty-three now, and he turns eighty-four February second. So wow. he'll be eighty-four. And we did make a stipulation that the ball needs to kick off the in the Super Bowl. Like, damn. Yeah. So it does need to be kickoff. Yeah, that's here. a big few weeks there at eighty-four. But I've seen Wayne. He was in the Barry documentary. He's looking in great health and Good. great spirits. Good. I hope he is. He's the one, he's an all-time. And I hope he's there. I hope if they make it to the Super Bowl, oh my gosh, I think he better be there. Be there. If he's in good enough health, he'll be there. I feel like every like Lions legend ever is going to come out of the woodworks for that one, which it yeah. should. It's not that big of a list, but it's it's good enough certainly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was so awesome, we'll man. It's awesome. We're going to recap it all today. Let's do it. We got it all. We don't want to get too forward thinking, all right, everybody? I know we got a lot of questions on social media about, hey, how's this matchup, whatever. And I'll make some comments about that. But, hey, our Wednesday pod, that's where we're really looking to dive in and really break down the matchups. And yeah. we'll answer some of these more specific questions about, you know, what we got coming upon us here on, on Sunday afternoon. So the theme of this weekend Second half surges. Ooh. So we have yeah. the points scored and allowed by half here. Oh, that's cool. And Good so job, what Pete. we're seeing here is these are all the so these are all the winners, right? Yeah. These are all the winners. And so yeah, Ravens were tied at the half. 49ers just uh, up by one. Lions tied at the half. Wow, Chiefs yeah, down by four. All came back to win. It was a it was a second half 
the champions half. They yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah, well, there's a little bit to that. That's right. I mean, the second half is the the champions half. The pressure, the adjustments at halftime, right? Who can handle you know those adjustments? Who can handle the pressures in the moment? Who's maybe not even handling the pressures? Who makes the play mm. or whatever just to to make it happen and jumpstart your football team? But yeah, yeah a little bit of that. We saw one sleep one seeds asleep at the wheel a little bit. You know, I think that your Lions football team was in control for the most of the, the first half, and then that last drive at the end of the half was like, oh, no, wait, wait we're in yeah. a game here, and we were kind of controlling, right? Uh, and then, of course, last night, I, I don't know when it was last night, and, and you know, you, I, I didn't watch the game until late last night, all right? So I, 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 for all the listeners out there, we Amin and I flew home on the private jet. We were cool enough to get on that flight with the big wigs of NBC Sports. And we didn't have an internet connection, so we couldn't see the game. Yeah. So therefore, I yelled at the, this, like, don't anybody tell me when we land scores or anything, because I was going to try to go home and watch the game as if I didn't know who, what the outcome was. I knew yeah. I had seen it up to 13-10 to the two-minute warning in the first yeah. half. That's when it cut out. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I'm not, not going to know anything else after that. And when you said that, like, every Everyone in that was plane like, yeah, wanted right, to spoil right, it for right, you. Yeah, they were right, like, okay, right. they're like, we landed. The, the Bills are up by four touchdowns, Sims. You won't believe it. Right? We landed, and immediately someone had it up on their phone with a and volume And I could hear play. Jim Nance, and I was like, turn it down. Because <laughs> he's going to be like, 24 all, third and three. And I was yeah. like, I'm gonna, it's going to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. So I got my family in line, whatever. I sat on the couch about 10, 15 last night, and I watched the game till about midnight. And uh, it was awesome. So you know it now. So I can reveal the final score you, you to you can now. can reveal it now. Chiefs get the win again in the playoffs. Mahomes beats Allen again in the playoffs. So now 0-3. So how about that? Josh Allen is 3-1 and versus the Chiefs and Mahomes in the regular season. Now 0-3 uh, in the playoffs. Before we start this countdown, this breakdown, um, let's, hear, let's hear Josh Allen respond to the, yeah. the questions after this one. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. Here, there, it doesn't matter. Um, you just losing sucks. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a big change. I think it's just again we gotta gotta find a way to score one more point than they do. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's a failed season. That's the nature of the business. Um, you know, there's one one happy team at the end of the season, really. And uh, when it's not you, and you're and you're so close, it just it sucks. Of all the heartbreaking losses in the playoffs this year, with what you were expected to do and what you thought you could do, this might be number one. Well. Yeah, I mean it's a team that's you know they're they're trying to slay this dragon here, and you know the last four playoffs in a row or three in a row, right? Yeah. No, four in a row. Um, it is yeah. four, and they can't do it, right? It's three, right? Because last year they didn't play them. Yeah, they play also the Bengals, uh, but but yeah, that's where. I feel for them. Like the Bengals game last year, I hear people during the week last, like, oh, you know, he threw an interception late. I was like, the game was 27-10. It was over. Like, yeah. what are you you're trying to blame Josh Allen for that game? They got dominated at all phases, right? These other games have been heartbreakers for the most part. The last two, right? The AFC Championship game in 2020, the Chiefs were on a different level. That game was never close. But you got into, you know, of course, the, the magical overtime game that changed the rules about both teams being able to possess the ball. That was a heartbreaker. Josh Allen really 
really probably outplayed Mahomes that night. You know, it wasn't he wasn't on defense. He wasn't the special teams. You know, he, they they blew that game. And then, of course, it goes on Josh Allen. Oh, he can't beat Mahomes. And I'm gonna go no. McDermott and their defense were dumb. The way they kicked the ball off to Tyree Kill was dumb. I mean, all of it. So that didn't make sense. Yesterday, yeah, unfortunate again. And yeah, they're they're you know number one suspect is beat the Chiefs. They can't yeah. do it when it counts. And that's where I do feel for them. And I. It goes back, and we'll dive into this more here in a second, like because I want to go to the Chiefs first more than anything. Okay. But it goes back still to our conversation. They miss a few big-time players on both sides of the ball, period. Right? When you hear Tony Romo late in the game go, he's played perfect, right? And they still can't win the game or do anything. The only play he misses all night is he kind of gets hit on the throw down the middle late in the game where he's going to have the touchdown. He had digs underneath probably for a first down, too. But he made the right decision. It's a touchdown. Yeah. He gets hit as he's throwing the ball, and it, it made the ball come up short. But that, that to me, and here it is, right? You know, and again, you know, I know from this picture right here, it doesn't look like uh, uh, Shakir's open. Shakir comes open. And he throws the ball because he's going to run out the back door of 27. See the Chiefs? See the Chiefs? They double people in certain positions. It's not always about, oh, it's Stefan Diggs or whatever. It's yep. just whatever position they think the ball might be going to. But you see, he broke through the little bracket coverage. Yeah. But Chris Jones, again, what I want to say, baller, playmaker, does big things in big moments. Did the did the Bills D-line even play last night? Mm-hmm. Did you hear one of their names the whole night? Not mm-hmm. really. Right. Again, that's kind of standard protocol for the Bills in the playoffs. Now, it's all going to get blamed on Josh Allen. I get it. It's the way it is. But, yeah, hey, he's going to get dissected for this. Probably should have thrown the digs underneath. But he made the right read and right play. But as you see right here, he's getting ready to throw. His left tackle's right leg is already under his leg. And he's trying to throw the ball, right? You could see it. The right tack- left tackle's leg is right on Josh Allen's foot as we're watching these photos. Yeah. So uh, that was maybe his only bad play of the night. But to our point is that's where they have to get better. They are just, again, we can name some of these other teams and go long lists of superstars, right? Especially on the Ravens and the 49ers and, of course, the Chiefs. And the Bills don't match up in that department, and that's where it needs to change. So we'll get to more on the Bills yeah, in a let's second. Get, yeah. But let's celebrate the greatness that is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because you said, you go, you know what, we know who they are. This is a team that will get to the end of games or there's going to be one play where you're like, they just screwed it up for themselves. Exactly. Exactly. This is what's amazing to me about them. This doesn't happen in professional sports. We play B minus or B average football all year. And then we get in the playoffs and turn it on. Playoff Mahomes is better. Like, like those are like shit where as a player and most players, you go, oh, that's just bullshit fan talk. Like bullshit. It's just like you're not, you don't reignite magic. You don't all of a sudden start to play, oh, it's the most important game of the year, and now we're going to play perfect. I, I'll be damned. They can fucking do it. That's how amazing they are. That, they are one of the most unbelievable things I've seen in professional sports. They really are. The, the way they embrace these moments, the way they love being the show, and they are the show, right? I mean, when the Chiefs come to town – it's it's like, you know, the Steelers of the 70s or the Patriots. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's we got the Chiefs coming in here to New York this week. We got, you know what I mean? That's the way they are. It's like a big rock band. 
And then you add the Taylor Swift, Swift element to it. Yeah. And most teams would be like, man, there's too many distractions. And, damn, we don't want your brother up in the stands with his shirt off, drinking beers and doing all that. That's just a lot for us. The Chiefs are like, so what? Anyway, are the other superstars want to come in? Fucking, that's awesome. Yeah, come down here. We'll say hi to you before the game, and then we'll go kick their ass. Like, that, I just, I'm amazed by them. This is not normal. And I know it's not a dynasty yet, but it's still really special. It's close. It's close. So they're in the AFC Championship for the sixth straight season. It's insane. First team in NFL history to win at least two playoff games in five straight seasons. And they have, what, two Super Bowls? Yeah. I mean, I would call that a dynasty. I, I would, too. I, you know, I think most people look at it as like a third Super Bowl needs to be the dynasty. Right, well, we'll I do. I think we're in a mini dynasty. Yeah. I think we're allowed to call it that. Let alone, forget it. I don't care whether you like the Chiefs or Taylor Swift or not. Respect what you're say- seeing, right? That's what I would say. I didn't always love like Tom Brady and the Patriots. I got sick of them a little bit, but I was always like, damn, it's amazing what they're doing, right? And I just think for any fan, just, just embrace that. Yeah. That's where they're so special. And then, like, like we're talking about, this is a different year for them. It's not high-flying Mahomes and offense, and yeah. here they are kind of doing it in a different way. And it was ugly all regular season. And here they get in the playoffs, and all of a sudden we're just like, oh, it's an inevitable force. Here they go. Start the show. Oh, tell, Tra- tell, tell Taylor Swift and the entourage, we're going to a new suite next week in Baltimore. Here we go. <laughs> and that's what I just think I'm amazed by them, let alone I think the road thing. Gives them extra juice, mm. right? They haven't done this. Of all the great things they've done, they haven't been in, boo, you suck, Mahomes, you suck, you're going home today. Like, as a big-time athlete, that is probably refreshing to them hmm. rather than, hey, we're the kings of our castle and we got to hold down the home fort. It's cool to be the villain in football yeah. every now and then. So I think that even adds a little bit more of, like, focus. Like, we haven't had to do this yet, so we got to do this. It's not like, ho-hum, we're at home again. When it, so I think that adds extra juice. And then, Ahmed, to the other specialness here before I just break it down. Yeah. This dude is insanely good. He played almost perfect last night. I mean, they averaged seven yards of fucking play. That's insane. I hope everybody understands that. To run 47 plays and run at seven yards average is an absolute ass-whooping of the other football team, okay? You add on six consecutive, though, AFC championships. Like, here's just, like, put it into context, right? The GOAT, Brady, he's the standard, right? He didn't go to his sixth conference championship until year 12, Hmm. right? Mahomes is basically doing it in half the time. That's insane. Gronkowski, Brady to Gronkowski is like the greatest playoff connection we've ever seen in our life. Here we are in six years. They've already beat it. Like, and he's doing it in the tougher conference, too. I, like, exactly. You would make the case that there are stronger teams in the AFC over the last half a definitely, decade. Definitely. And, like, you know, hey, Brady had a – Brady, I think, you know, I don't want to – I don't know what I was going to say there. I was going to go – because I was going to go, kind of go down the road like – Brady just had to deal with Manning. He didn't have to deal with Burrow and Josh Allen, right? Yeah. That's where I look at it a little different sure. from Mahomes. But I, I don't know if that's totally fair either, right? But either way, it's just incredible what they are and the fact that they won that football game. You know, no, basically never even to get the third down. We're just going to kick your ass on first and second down the whole game. And as the game went on, you know, I mean, I know you were watching it. It just like 
the Bills, it was work, as I always go back to. Yeah. The drives were, let's manage this play so we can get to the next play and manage that play. And then manage this play so we can go to the next play and then manage that play. Right? And that's where, like, we got to play perfect on this side of the ball or we're not going to be able to win. So here's four-yard pass. Here's a run for four. Oh, Josh, run it up the middle for five. Oh, Cook, run it up for three. Oh, throw a laser for a four-yard gain in the pass, even though he's not really open. We'll get it in there. Okay, great. Right? And then it's Mahomes in Kansas City like, oh, boom, boom. Oh, there, there's 20 yards. Oh, boom, boom. There's 15. Oh, boom. There's 25. Hey, we're at the five-yard line. Touchdown. Five yards. Five plays, 75 yards. Boom. That was easy. We're a machine. And that's as the game went on, you just started to go – the Chiefs are, you know, a, they're a better football team yeah. than the Buffalo Bills. And uh, like I said, I, I just I love it. I love it right now, what we're seeing from them. Here's Patrick Mahomes' passing chart if you're watching on Peacock or, or YouTube right now. Right side of the field. Got that touchdown deep over to the left there. But they were working, looks like, to the right. It does. Most of the big plays. And, and, you know, probably corner matchup there. Maybe a little coincidence. Here's what I like about it. Like... You remember when I was in the whole embrace the ugly, right, who they are? Like yep. when I was in that with Kansas City? I, I think Kansas City's really done that. I mean, we're, we're talking the biggest game of the year. They threw the ball 23 times with the best player in football. Yeah. Right? I think that kind of just tells you. They're a little bit into like, hey, we will run the ball. Hey, we'll throw some short conservative passes. We're going to play that way. And guess what happened, Amin? A team that we've kind of go, they can't throw the ball down the field and do that. Last night, they hit three deep throws because they're being patient. And for the first time ever, teams are going, I mean, we don't, we don't want to let Mahomes throw the deep ball, but, but damn, they're, they're playing a style of football. We're going to die a slow death here. We've got to start taking away the run game. We've got to start taking away the short pass. And now, all of a sudden, it's Valdez scaling one-on-one on the edge, right? Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, Travis Kelsey's open downfield for a touchdown. And I think that's the beauty of it, too. And that's where I'll give Andy Reid and, of course, Mahomes – uh, a lot of credit for kind of embracing who they are, you know, you know, working out the kinks and whatever else, and now functioning at a high level. And you just, you know, their toughness of that team, the physicality, the leadership of Mahomes, the whole game. I mean, just out there after every field goal, extra point, defense makes a stop. In total I mean, control. Total it seemed like control, in total right? control. That's where he's, he's amazing. Uh, you're right. Those three deep completions yeah. uh, for Patrick Mahomes, right. the first time he's done that in a game this season. Yeah. Just the second game since 2022 where Mahomes threw at least three deep completions. So that's just like 5% of his game since 2022. When Tyreek was there, it was 31% of the game. So this yeah. is a completely different offense, and he got six and a half yards of carry from Isaiah Pacheco. But you're right. They ran 50 plays to the Bills 77. Their time of possession was 22 minutes to the Bills 37 basically. That was the only thing you worried about in the game was just to go and damn they're scoring so fast sometimes and the Bills were going on these long drives where you were going is the Chiefs defense going to wear out a little bit? That's what was my only worry is the game as I was sitting there watching it Yeah, and I was going man the Chiefs are better than the Bills right? Which I said to you last week the Chiefs were better I just thought the Bills and the Chiefs would do dumb shit like we've seen them do which they almost tried you know, the Bills call a dumb fake punt, which I didn't like. Mm-hmm. But then McCole Hardman reaching out and doing that, I went, oh, my gosh, here they are. They're going to go up by 10 yeah. or more. And here goes the Chiefs doing what they do. I was literally in my living room going, here they go. 
they had a, they're going to dominate the game and start to take away, and all of a sudden they're going, oh, here you go. We, we don't want to do that. We want to keep this interesting for the fans. I never. They do the kind of crap all the time. <laughs> That's what it was funny. So here's the uh, this is the fake punt yep. right here. It was what? What was it? Fourth and five. Five. Fourth and okay. five. So. Um, I mean, if they get this, it's one of the legendary plays in playoff football, perhaps, yeah. if they can yeah. go down and score afterwards. Yeah. Like, I never no, want... the look's right. There's 10 guys oh. in the field. Do you think, wait, do you think this was not called before I they got the this. look? I oh. question that sometimes punt teams have a certain look or alignment where they'll go, if the, the punt receiving team lines up like this, we're going to have a check this week where it's going to go to the fake we want to do. Because yeah. if they don't line up like this a lot, but if we catch them in it, let's do it. From what I heard from McDermott in his post-game press yeah. conference, it doesn't sound like it was one of those. It he, sounds like he called it and owned it. He wanted it. the element of surprise. He did. Yeah, okay. You know, I just, yeah, I, you know, I don't love that. I don't, I don't. You know me, Pete. It's not egregiously stupid. You're right. And the look is proper, and mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was. I think the guy who we have the number four on right here is the one who ended like, uh, kind of goes above and beyond and breaks a, uh, uh, gets off a block and kind of disrupts the whole thing. Yeah. But – yeah, it's not egregiously horrible. You just know me. I'm a little bit more punt the ball out. You you know, let your defense play, play it out. It's the Chiefs. They've been doing dumb shit all year. Yeah. Let's see if they do it. I don't know. Now, now either, in their in their defense, like they were, you said, the they're getting shredded. Right? I know. You're, like, you're going to have to do something. I hear you. Out of the norm here. And it was funny when uh, that fumble went out of bounds and it turned touchback. You know, Sin Jong-un. Everyone hates that. Like 99%. And you'll look at Twitter like, what, what is this rule? But in that situation, I think people wanted to see the Bills win. <laughs> And they want to see this game stay with Great rule. I like, you know what? I don't love it, but, you know, it is the rule, and defenses, you know, have had a lot of the rules go against them, so maybe this is one that hey, it's yeah, okay. Yeah, right. I love the rule. One day maybe I'll get into why, exactly why. I know we've done it in the past, but it's probably been two years. Yeah. To me, it makes sense, and I think it'll make sense to a lot of people if you really broke it down. I think they'd go, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. You're in enemy territory. You lost the ball in enemy territory. It's the only thing... The Bills owned was that end zone. The ball went out without control, and that's theirs. That is not – it's it's not even – it is literally their end zone. That is it. You know, you're not in their territory or anything. Yep. You're actually in the area where you get rewarded if you get in there, right? But if you lose the ball and nobody's got control of it, all right, well, you you know, you lost the ball. And you you left your ball in my house. Yeah. It's fucking my ball now. Yeah. You know, but it's sorry. mine. I wish you'd give it back. I'm I know, but I'm Sim Jong-un, and I don't give it back. I'm North <laughs> Korea, okay? <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that was a, a crazy moment in the football. That was the crazy thing about the game. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching, not knowing the outcome. My wife and son are looking at me, and they're like, oh, you like <laughs> who do you think is going to happen? So they're teasing me. Yeah. And, th- I'm, you know, at one point I'm going, this is going to be the greatest game I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they're playing perfect. They're going back and forth, and you're going, this is incredible. You know what's funny, too, and I can let everyone else yeah. know this. When we were flying on the plane, when you had no internet, right. you go, I just have this sense like I'm missing an all-time game right I, now. I, I felt like it was going that way when the <laughs> internet got cut off, and I was like, damn. That's part of the reason why I was like, I don't want to know. I think yeah. we're going to see something awesome. So, you know, early fourth quarter, I'm going, this is, this is going to be amazing. This game's going to be amazing. And all of a sudden, it got sloppy with the fake punt and the fumble, yeah. and everything kind of stalled out. Um, but but, yeah, the, the Chiefs, I think once again, you know, the defensive game planning is special. They're more physical than you realize. They're a bigger football team than you realize. They've embraced who they are. And then you get back into the old question again. The Buffalo Bills are a really good football team. But there is still a lack of playmakers in these type of football games that don't come through 
or they don't even have them yeah. to get them through in some of these football games. And again, it goes back to our old conversation of it's too much on number 17. Again, when you know he plays perfect and it only adds up 186 yards throwing and he's the leading rusher on the football team, that tells you there's other things there. Romo and Nance are telling you. Romo says it in the fourth quarter. He's played perfect. I don't know one decision or play. He's really missed the whole game, right? You know, the only one you could question is the one we talked about, and I don't think you can really question that. To me, when you say those things out loud, that lines up into we need to be a little bit better around our quarterback. Mm -hmm. I threw this at Mike too, right, because I had somebody in the NFL text me this. The Chiefs, since they drafted – oh, the Chiefs, excuse me. The Packers, since they drafted Jordan Love and trying to support him and when he takes over, have drafted six wide receivers in the fifth round or above. Six – I think I think it's five tight ends in the same category. Yeah, like all their pass catchers are first or All young and exactly yeah. right. And they're all like top three rounds, top four round picks. They – Josh Allen's whole career, they've drafted one receiver – in the fourth round or above one hmm. right and that just to me says it all they got to stop playing this he's so awesome we'll spread the wealth everywhere else because mm-hmm. he'll carry the offense i think it's time to go he's so awesome we're going to make him awesomer mm-hmm. and it's going to make our team better because we're going to have a unit that's so elite yeah that we're going to stress you out you've heard me say that before and i think it's time they go go that route they got to get yeah. some sizzle there in buffalo they, they, they should do that because you know sean mcdermott has got it locked down on defense. And as we saw this year with all the injuries, and the injuries definitely hurt in this game definitely. too. But they were still in it. Yes. Like they can scheme up a defense. 100%. Without the top, top end talent. No, no. I just, I just, they just, even on defense, I'd like to see them get one more guy. Sure. Right? One but more. if you're going to choose. Yes, right? you're right. It's like I think Sean McDermott. Yes. Can cover holes. Yes. Or, or cover little flaws in the roster or wherever through his coaching. Agreed with you there. So we'll see where this goes again. Uh, but it was an awesome football game. I hurt for Josh Allen because I, you know me, I think he's as special a player as you're ever going to see in football. Like, I know Mahomes is the king, right? But, I mean, Josh Allen is like, he deserves some of the crown in a lot of ways. I mean, 50 total touchdowns on the year. He's the greatest one-man show, mm-hmm. and he's depended on more for his own football team than I think anybody else. Now, I know the other guy in red wearing one fives right up there with him, but uh, I don't even think they ask him to do as much as they ask Josh Allen to do in Buffalo. So Crushing loss for them. Last point on the yeah. Bills here, Scarecrow Boat will give him the word on that. Yeah. He goes, heartbroken Bills fan here. Yeah. What do we have to do to finally get over the Chiefs? Because I really don't think Allen can play any better exactly. than he did right. tonight. That's it's, the question. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah. a little more help around him. Um, maybe it'll come next year in the draft. And there was some – I mean, I, I heard you talking with Mike, too, about, you know, when it's this disappointing at the end of the year, could there be changes? I, that would be – I would highly not. doubt that. But. I like everything about that organization. Mm-hmm. They, they got to figure out the OC with Joe Brady. Do they want to go forward with him? Yeah. Right? He was in a tough situation. He did a really good job. Really good job. But you heard me say, too, teams started to catch on to a little bit how he was calling plays and all that, which I would expect. How much could he really reinvent them, you know, at the, at the point of the year when he took over? So they got to figure that out, right? And then I, I am in – I wish their owner, yeah, would, uh, you know, Pagula – Put a dome on the stadium. <laughs> Give them a little – just go – got to go out and make some moves. we got to yeah. be aggressive this year, right? we got to trade up in the first round of the draft a little bit, get a big-time receiver, sign one in free agency, 
I'll be interested to see if Stefan Diggs is back. I know. That's uh, the thing, too. Dropped the big pass, right? Certainly was going to be a huge game-changing moment. certainly not productive down the stretch. No, definitely not. Um, but, yeah, that, mm. that to me is, is what they need. And, again, I'll even say on the defensive side of the ball, front seven, somewhere in that range, they need another big-time player. They do. Yeah. Injuries hurt them. You're exactly right about it. There's no doubt. But, again, I think if we were go, you know – we could go to the Bengals team that got to the Super Bowl a few years ago and just rattle off people on the defensive side of the ball and go, damn, they're really good. Of course mm-hmm. we could do that with the Rams on that, that team that won the Super Bowl, right? You get into the Chiefs the last few years. The 49ers, I mean, the whole defense is like, oh, I know him, I yeah. know him, I know him, I know him, right? I mean, so the Eagles last year, I know him, I know him, I know him. Uh, the common fan, a lot of people don't know anybody on Buffalo's defense, a yeah. lot of them. I mean, you know, the ones that are paying attention a little bit, yeah, they know Ed Oliver, they know Jordan Poyer, you know, maybe they know Greg Rousseau. Yeah. But to my point there, that's what I mean. They need more of those guys, and uh, we'll see if they can make those adjustments. Yeah, they didn't know him in this game because the Chiefs offensive line held him in check. King Crow Snow 1 says, damn okay, Chiefs offensive line. They had their best performance of the season in a dangerous environment. Also, shout out to the Chiefs secondary, best in the league. So per next-gen stats, you got Ed Oliver and Daquan Jones held to zero pressures on 38 combined pass rushes there so they're yeah. they're amazing in the interior the the problem with the chiefs is the the tackles right if there's a weakness there yeah that's the true. inside they are the real deal holyfield trey smith creed humphrey and joe tooney i would i would put that three in pass protecting right interior alignment against almost anybody in football that's how good they are and again again to our point exactly Exactly. I mean, Mahomes had all fucking day to throw the ball. There wasn't like other than one play the whole night where he didn't get to draw back and go, wait, what do I got here? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think that says something, too, to, to what we're saying there. You know, again, that Josh Allen, that wasn't the case. There was a lot of plays last night where Josh Allen got the ball and was like, oh, shit, I got to run. Oh, shit, they're all around me. Here we go, right? And I think it was part of the reason you saw the dink and duck. Like, I saw people after the game going, how could they not throw the ball down the field to Josh Allen? Because they don't have time and they can't get open. Yeah. Even on the throw to Stephon Diggs, he wasn't that open. It was just a perfect 70-yard bomb, right? You know, and that's what I think people are missing. It's like, no, Josh has got to run it up the middle for a tough five. Josh has got to throw a laser to get a tough five. And it's just that's not conducive to going to the Super Bowl or beating a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, with the Chiefs on offense now, I used to look at Patrick Mahomes' line and have a pretty good idea if they, they won or lost. Now I feel like you could look at Isaiah Pacheco's line. And if he has 97 yards and he's averaging six and a half yards a carry, you're, you're like, just like, oh, Mahomes probably did pretty good. They, they won the game. Mahomes can operate in that yeah, environment exactly, for sure. Right, exactly. uh, we have to finish this with uh, the yeah. night of Jason Kelsey, right? I mean, he just had a night in the, in the I was, suite. Uh, I, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> uh, so where do we want to start here? Kristen, you can start wherever you want. I know we got some <laughs> videos of him. We have, oh, here, this is great. So this is art, but make it sports. Whoever runs this account is a genius. Apparently. He's a sports fan, number one. <laughs> yes. And knows about all the different art out there. So what is that? What is that called there? The Feast of Bacchus wow. by Phillips the... DeConnick. <clears throat> wow. That's uh similar body to Travis uh, Jason Kelsey. Very similar. Similar. Uh, Jason's a little more muscle stout there. And more okay. hair, too. And he's yeah, and he's not wearing prickers on his head and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the beer but, in the right hand too is 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 incredible. I loved watching this so yeah. much. When I first saw it on the TV and pop up, I was like, you know, they were going to like go into a commercial break and I was like, "Wait, was that they just so 
Jason Kelsey with his shirt off going crazy. Yeah. And I had to rewind it, and I was like, this is amazing, right? I think even the Bills fans could have appreciated this one. They were like, okay, he's kind of like us. He's just rooting for the other team. I mean, it is like – it does seem like he he's could a Bill. He's Bill's mafia. He's just wearing a Chiefs hat. But I just love that they're embracing it. He, he, listen, these brothers, they love each other. He was there to support his brother, have fun. Gosh, they're in prime. And then this young fan wanted to see Taylor Swift, so he's like, all right, I'll I can make that up. happen. Oh, uh, it's so cute. And, I mean, come on. I don't know how you could hate against Taylor Swift, do anything negative. I, I just find Taylor it's Swift to great. be like the sweetest girl in the world. I don't even know what it is. I Maybe I'm a sucker because I have a 17-year-old daughter now. but And they love Taylor I, Swift. I just she loves them, the way she handles herself. Well, like, come on. The Chiefs needed another chapter, another era, too. They, they really, you know what I mean? And so it's like you've got the defensive era and the Taylor Swift era right now. With, uh, <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new look It's a that. new era. I mean, Brittany Mahomes had Taylor Swift on one of the commercial timeouts and yeah. a headline as they were cheering. I was like, where are you going to find this, right? Yeah. Uh, so. And I don't think when Travis Kelsey did the heart, I saw that. I don't think that actually was to Taylor. I thought that was just to the – was that to Taylor? Or was that to it's the to fans? It's to the whole box. It it's was? Whole, it's, that box was there. It was that direction. It was direction. that right oh, okay. there. It was in that corner. <laughs> Whatever. So maybe it was his brother and his mom. I maybe thought he was kind of doing it to the fans. It was like, hey, you know, love, because maybe he was getting a lot of hate. I, I don't know. No, I, I think that was to the box. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. So I was like – and I amazing. asked you, I go, could a, could a Chris Sims have done that when he was playing? Would he would Warren Sapp? have allowed that to happen without <laughs> making fun of you. Um, I'd, have had been, I'd have probably had been real good at it. And then he'd been like, okay with it. <laughs> what, what the, what the yeah. hell are you doing? Go over oh, there. Yeah. You're not worth, you're not good enough yet. Uh, <laughs> final point uh, yeah. in my ears is you don't, you can't move on without talking about the kicker. Yeah. And I'm glad that we saved it right to the end yeah. because that's, and, and for any team in any game, many plays go this way, that way. You don't want it to come down to a kick. Bills fans, it's like wide right. It's like, oh, great. Now that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sucks, but. It sucks. Feel for him. It's one of the toughest places in football to be a field goal kicker. Yeah. Right. Especially when it becomes mid January. It's like, oh, yeah, great. Yeah. It's only a stiff, you know, five, mi- five degree, 20 mile per hour wind. No big deal. Right. The Bills, they had some opportunities. We know that. Tough field goal. I feel bad for him. I don't know what else to say there. I really do. I don't look at it as that. You know, I expected, yeah, when he lined up, I was going, oh, okay, he's going to make this. Yeah. And, you know, Mahomes and them are going to have a chance, or we're going to overtime here. Let's see where, where it goes. And the way the Chiefs are moving the ball, you feel like they can at least get into – they had plenty of time to get into field goal range Agreed. themselves. Like when he or, was, if he was going to make it, I was like, well, damn. I mean, the Chiefs, the way they've played here, they're going to be in field goal range in no time, right? I, I did not think just because he made that that they were going to overtime. Right. And, and, you know, I know we got a question here from uh, at Half Post Modern. Yeah, right? at Half Post Modern yeah. says, damn, that special teams matter a lot. We saw the missed kick in Detroit, but Buffalo special teams were atrocious. Okay, Chris, what's the mood like on the sidelines and in the locker room when the special teams keeps effing up? You know, players, football players are kind of like programmed a little where. This is, you know, again, the disrespect logic of, like, uh, you know, the, the kicker's not a football player. Yeah. This is actually that logic kind of helps in these situations. Locker room, most players are like, we should have never let it fucking come down to the kicker. Yeah. Period. Right? It's a fucking kicker. Right? That's, that's kind of how they do it. There's more going to be 
finger pointing at yourself, yeah. looking at the mirror. Fool me twice. Shame on me. I mean, right. it's just, it's just guys aren't going to go that route. Yeah. You know? Now, well, guys, some guy go, well, why the fuck did we, you know, fake that fourth and five punt and do that? Like, that was stupid or whatever. Sure, there are going to be some guys there, but that didn't end up biting them in the ass. They got lucky with the McCall Hardman fumble and all that. But, yeah, I would say to, to at our, our questioner there that, yeah, that, that's one. I've been in locker rooms where, you know, field goal kickers miss kicks and whatever. Everybody's disappointed. But it's not like the quarterback who threw four interceptions late in the game or the running back who fumbled, you know, in the fourth quarter, right? That's when the locker room's like, man, and that's when they're like a fucking quarterback through four fucking interceptions in the yeah. fourth quarter, right? That that's when the kicker gets a little bit of a, I don't want to say a free pass, but he was never not part as, of the team anyway. A little, a little <laughs> that way, they were like, he plays cards while we're all out here in practice. Like, you know, come on, well, why would we rely on him in the yeah. biggest moment of the yeah, year? Yeah, but Chris, we thought he was a football player. He did that to us. Uh, yeah, I feel bad for him. Right? I do too. I do. Uh, he had a tremendous year. He's one of the best field goal kickers in the game. So Chiefs are moving on again to the championship game to face the number one seed Maybe. in Baltimore. Patrick yes. Mahomes will go on the road once again for the second time in his career in the playoffs. Ravens were 10-10 at the half. Then uh, steamrolled the Texans in the second half. 34-10 was the final score. And we're going to start with inside the numbers powered by AWS. It's all about Lamar Jackson with his legs. But first... We look at his passing chart here. His passing chart for Lamar Jackson. How did he torch the Houston Texans? He did it just like that. What are you seeing here? Well, I don't, you know, it wasn't a lot of big pass plays it from wasn't. them throughout the night. Didn't need to be. Right? It was It was a little different night for them altogether, right? And I think we see the short, you know, passing tree, passing chart, whatever here, for one reason and one reason only. Well, we were sitting there watching the game at our hotel in the bar on Saturday, and I was sitting there going, holy shit, Amin, the Texans are blitzing like every fucking play. So per next-gen stats, Lamar Jackson faced a career-high 75% blitz rate, completing 13 of 18 passes against the blitz for 120 yards and two touchdowns. So this passing chart you're seeing right now was mostly against the blitz. You see, like, teams that know they're lesser than, right, have to adjust their game plan. We got to zig when we we're supposed to zag usually, right? We got to do something. They're better than us. We got to kind of do something drastic. The Bucks did something like that in the Lions game that we'll mm -hmm. get to in a minute, mm -hmm. right? But to me, usually when one team has to go a little too far outside the realm of what they are, usually going to lose, right? Because, like, you got there one way or another playing away the whole year. Not that I want you to be so stubborn and play like that, but, you know, you don't want to leave too far from what got you there, right? You need a few wrinkles, a few curveballs, whatever. But, hey, if we play Tampa 2 all year long, I don't want to go into the playoff game and all of a sudden, like, we don't play Tampa 2 the whole first half of the game, right? Not that you have to live in that, right? You want to have a few curveballs and make them think, but still I would think, hey, the thing that you were really good at all year is still really good at. They had a change because they went at it and went, if we don't change, they're going to just have their way with us. And their change was we're going to blitz them and pressure them Hopefully the blitz kind of clogs up the run game, and hopefully we can catch them off guard because we were the least blitzing team in football this year to where Lamar and the passing offense really won't be into blitz plan mode. And I thought that was the big thing in the first half. Yeah, They couldn't find a rhythm in the passing game. They couldn't figure out what they wanted to do to combat the blitz. And then the other side of the ball, I thought we were about to see him again. I mean, I was just like, 
CJ Stroud. Him. I was just like, damn, is it just is this just, was it gonna be? He's just gonna be on a field, it doesn't matter who he plays, he's just gonna dice you up, right? Because it wasn't like I felt like we were sitting there watching the Texans dominate them, but we were sitting there going, Holy crap, tight coverage, what a throw. Yeah. Holy crap, here he moves in the pocket and throws like a jump hook thirty yards down the sideline to Devin Singletary, drops it in the bucket. A couple of key plays, key passes right. in the Where first you were half. like, they're not controlling the game, but he's just so damn good. It's like I don't know how to feel about this because I don't think they crack the code of Baltimore, but he's just amazing. I don't know. And then, so you're sitting there, and then they return the punt, and you're going, yeah. uh-oh. But the second half, everything changed. Everything. And the biggest thing, quick passes, going mm-hmm. back to our passing chart mm-hmm. there, which I was trying to get back to, but it took me a long time, right? <laughs> but that's, that's what they did. They so here, here was the time yeah, to throw, ahead, tell too. Me. Yeah. In the second half, right. for Lamar, right. 2.25 seconds. Right. Everything the, they did. In the first half, 3.5. Yes. So they went into the locker room at halftime, and they're like, this ain't going to work. No. Get it out. Get it out fast. Get it out quick. If they want to blitz, we'll get it out. Let our guy who's going to catch the ball and be one-on-one with somebody and let him get a few extra yards like that. You know, no more negative plays, no more incompletions. And then I thought the other big thing was, and I said this to you before the podcast, right? I thought Baltimore kind of went Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills mode, where they were like, hey, Lamar, we haven't asked you to run a whole lot this year. It's a big game. We're breaking out the Lamar run package. That, to me, was kind of what happened. They ran the ball with him a little bit in the first half, too. But when you break down the second half, I mean, I think we saw six, seven quarterback design runs uh, either whether it was to set up the first touchdown in the second quarter to Nelson Aguilar, he kept it around the edge of the play before that and got them down close to like the two or three yard line, right? Yeah. The touchdown to start the third quarter, right? They had run a few quarterback design plays with the quick passes on that drive. That play there, the 15 yard run, was a quarterback draw. It was a called run. They dropped back. They knew the Texans at this time were not blitzing and playing coverage, red zone defense. And he dropped back for a second. The linebackers were quick to get out of there, and he ran up the middle for the touchdown. The Isaiah likely next touchdown pass, right? I don't know if you know, let's let's dissect this. This is really good. Here's the first one. Here's the first run. And let me just say this too, why we're here and talking about this. Number forty eight, Christian Harris, the middle linebacker for the Texans, is Fred Warner Jr. coming to a house near you. Okay? <laughs> I know I said it on the pod a few yeah. weeks ago. If you didn't watch that game and go, hey, who the fuck is 48 and he's got three rockets up his ass, the linebacker for the Texans, who is that? Well, now you know. He is about to be a star. But, yeah, I love this here. They kind of – this is what the Texans do. They know what's cover four. They kind of try to play a little few extra guys in the box to scare you from run. But as soon as you say hut, they all get out of there to play pass coverage. And it leaves Blake Cashman in a spot there where it's like, oh, no, there's two guys running at me to block me, and I got to tackle Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I'm in trouble. Lamar makes a great cut. Boom, touchdown. So that play there. The next drive, the drive in the fourth quarter, they bring out. Remember the Isaiah Likely touchdown pass he had down mm-hmm. there. Around the, yep. Do you remember how they kind of set? They set that up looking like a quarterback design run to the right. Right. They kind of make it look like it was going to run quarterback sweep. They ran the same play against your Lions earlier in the year. We're going to run quarterback sweep. The tight end kind of blocks like he's blocking yeah. down, and then he goes to the corner, and that's kind of what they did. But again, my point being, they rode the Lamar Jackson run game a little bit, let alone the last touchdown of the game was also a Lamar Jackson run. But here it is. 
great job, Pete, with the dots here. Look at see they're trying to make this look like quarterback sweep. Let's quarterback outside zone. Let's get on the edge, right? So they get everybody in the front seven to basically attack. They get one on one coverage. He sees that you know uh, Derek Stingley twenty four. His back is turned, right? So he can't see me, Lamar Jackson, throwing the ball. I'm just going to throw the ball right at the edge of of um, Derek Stingley's head, and likely he'll stop and put on the brakes and catch the ball, and Stingley will keep going, right? And that, that to me, short passing game, yeah. smothering defense. You know, like we said, the first half wasn't surgical. Second half, I mean, first half was just C.J. Stroud making right. plays. Second half was shut down total. We'll get to the defense in a yeah. second here, but a couple other next-year yeah, stats cool. with that. So Lamar Jackson, it. since 2028, 20, right. has thrown 14 touchdowns on designed rollouts without play action, fewer than only Patrick Mahomes. No other quarterback has more than six, so it's that threat of the run you don't know he could do both yes, on both of those exactly right and Lamar was the first quarterback with multiple touchdowns on designed runs in a playoff game in the next gen stats era wow. how about that wow and I like I, I like it too because I don't know if this was the strategy to unleash Lamar and the run in the postseason but like I'm I'm all about that you know, if you're if you're gonna be good enough and you can protect Lamar and not ding him up throughout the regular season, and he's pretty good at doing it and protecting himself. And then once you get to the playoffs, be like, let him go, ride it. This yeah. is one of your biggest schematical advantages, right? You're playing a good offense like the Ravens. You're going, wait, wait, we got the run game. Gus Edwards figured out. Okay, wait, we got the receivers and Odell and Bateman and Zay Flowers figured out. Oh shit, quarterback run. Fuck, well, I can't stop some of those things I just talked about now if yeah. I have to stop the quarterback run, right? And, you know, go back to those dots again, Pete. I like that. Let me talk to that. I mean, this, this, this is to me, again, the adjustments in the second half, them realizing, wait, they're playing us way over aggressive, right? They're selling out on certain things. Second and five, you could see all 11 guys are inside the tackle box for mm-hmm. the Texans. Yeah, let's keep it around the edge. Ronnie Stanley, you pull, lead, the, lead me into the end zone, and I'll make the cut off your ass and score the touchdown. I mean, 229 yards rushing? against the Texans and D'Amico Ryan and yeah. you know a team that prides themselves on run defense. D'Amico Ryan's everywhere he's gone, when he was the 49ers, whatever. They were one of the top run defenses. They were one of the top run defenses of football this year, right? But when you got to deal with a big O-line, some heated receiver, and oh, no, now it's Lamar running the ball, design runs, man, and that's, yes, you're going to see it this week too. Because they're going to go – this is the week they're going to go, damn, Kansas City does everything. we got to do it this week to give ourselves an advantage here and there, and I would expect we see it. And Lamar's healthy in the playoffs, which we haven't always been able to say. Right. That was inside the numbers powered by AWS. So UT Madden says, damn okay, Lamar Jackson, my MVP, showed out, carried the Ravens in the second half. Is there anyone more fun to watch in the NFL right now? But he goes, also, Mike McDaniel should be an NFL head coach. Oh, Mike McDonald. That's right. There's too many mix. <laughs> I know. God dang it. Uh, but I, and I was going to say, Mike McDaniel, he is a head coach. Good call, UT Madden. <laughs> also, Mike McDonald should be an NFL head coach. Man confused C.J. Stroud all night and put him in a blender. So, yeah, speak to this this Ravens defense and what you think. Because what, when we were talking about it, we we're like, man, C.J. Stroud has made some good plays. But we were like, wait, that's all it's been is it's like it, plays. Right, right? They weren't sustained drives right. or anything like that. Right. Ravens pretty much had him in check all Definitely. game. Definitely. Yeah, we got excited a few times. And then I had to like sit there and go, wait, wait, that really wasn't like surgical. Yeah. That's just him being being awesome is that that's not sustainable right you know very few people can just sustain that against a really good defense agree with you at UT Madden agreed a hundred percent 
I mean, you heard me, what was it, week eight or nine? I was like, this is my favorite defense in football. They do everything. He's a genius. He's the most creative defensive. Him and Spagnuolo this week, this is the two most creative defensive coordinators in football. Mm. They think outside the box. They got all the basics down, let alone, you know, so they can play simple and sound. You want to play that way? Or they can start to go, let's go confusion mode, right? And that's where they're really damn good. And, you know, they're not the best man team, but they're pretty good at it. And they're incredible at zone behind it. And they're incredible at figuring out how to stretch your protection and find blitzes that screw that over. And that's where he's special. And to at UT Madden's point, that's where in the second half, I'm excited to watch the film because I'm sure disguises, a few more aggressive blitzes, zone blitzes came about. And C.J. Stroud, as well as he's played this year, was like, oh, shit, I haven't seen a defense like this. Not only this talented, but this complicated. And, you know, that was in that environment, too. Uh, as we know, that's a loud stadium. It's, it's a tough place to play. And yeah. uh, they were outclassed. Ultimately, we're outclassed in the football game. They are not on the same level as the Baltimore Ravens. I don't mean to say that to be disrespectful to the Houston Texans. The Ravens are special. The Ravens have shown me through the years something I said to you earlier in the year. When they're scared, their ability to step on the gas and find another 50 miles per hour of unleaded fuel to get them up the highway or whatever is scary. Like, you know, going to the Lions game, scared a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, going to the Seahawks game, scared a little bit. Going to the Niners game, scared a little bit. Oh, shit, it's at halftime. It's 10 to 10. We might be going home. I'm scared a little bit. Then you back them against the wall, damn, they come back out like mean as hell and, and dominant as hell. Yeah, they got impressive wins, right? 38 to 6 over the line. I mean, this destroyed the Lions. Yeah. 37-3 against the Seahawks just destroyed them, a team that was on the borderline of a, of a playoff team, beat the Bengals by two touchdowns. Yeah. Jaguars on um, 49ers, Dolphins 56-19. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, 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 didn't, like, they didn't just beat some good teams. They right. whooped the shit out of them. And, of course, that's why they led the league in overall net points and are the number one seed and the favorite to, to go to the Super Bowl. So a clear favorite over Patrick Mahomes. Right. Clear Still. favorite over Patrick Mahomes. Bear, I, I, nothing's clear. There ain't nothing clear in this matchup. Yeah. All right. This is going to be down to the end. What is the line on that? The, I think I saw that the three. 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 Ravens okay. favored by three. So basically so just home field advantage. Home field advantage. Yeah. Basically, that, that's all it is. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I'm excited for both games. Uh, that game, just between the quarterbacks, right? That's two yeah. two-time MVPs going at it. They haven't played each other in the playoffs at all, right? Am I wrong about that? I'm right about Lamar that. Has it, Lamar ever played Mahomes in the no, playoffs? No. They've had regular season. They haven't been able to beat him. We know that until they a few years ago on Monday night beat him at home. They were kind of – remember Lamar said they're our kryptonite or they're mm. our big brother a little bit, and they finally yeah. got the victory and did it. Uh, so, yeah, this is going to be cool to kind of see this go down in the playoffs. We'll get to that on Wednesday. Now it's time to give me the headlines presented by Hyundai, and we're going to Detroit for this one. My Detroit Lions have made it to the NFC Championship game for the first time since 1991. I was a young tyke back then watching them get destroyed in that game. Yeah. Uh, they won 31-23, and Pete has given me the honor – of doing the headlines. You here. should. So Pete suggested Roar Restored, which Boo. is always, uh, which is always, I mean, the, 
That's fine. We love to restore the roar. Restore the roar. It's a, it's a Where'd throwback. you come up with that one, Back Pete? to the Wayne Fonts days, you know. What so. was his next one? Lions or King? Yeah, Lions or King. I like that one. I almost went with Pete does think that's a good one. We'll put that put that in there for maybe next week. Um, I'm going to go with. What are you going to go with? Lions destroy the bees, yeah. knees, caps. <laughs> they are the bees, knees, caps, caps at this point. It's a longer headline, but uh, I want yeah, to get bees, we just, knees, caps We just in didn't there. sell 30,000 newspapers because of that crap it's more there. of a sub-headline. They couldn't fit there. it on the damn cover of the paper. <laughs> Lions destroy the bees, knees, caps. caps. Um, and they didn't destroy him. No. But at times it looked like they could. Like in the second half, it looked like they're pulling away. At the end, of, at the first half, it looked like this was going to be just like a ho hum. Lions just destroy them, and and the Bucks can't do anything until Mike Evans got that one down to the down to the three yard line. But um, what was your what what was your big takeaway about? About the Lions. Clearly the favorite. Yeah. Had the home field, massive home field advantage. Right. Clearly we'll, the better team. We'll give the Bucks their credit here yeah. in a second. Yeah. Because I, no one thought they'd be here. Right. But what was your biggest, uh, what impressed you the most about what the Lions were able to do in that game? You know, better team definitely, I think, got thrown a curveball like we were talking about, right? We said we're going to hit on, like, the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are famous for blitzing and mm. pressuring and making the quarterback feel uncomfortable. You heard me say in the pregame, I went, this could be the game they pull the old okie doke, right? Because as I was studying the Lions during the week and thinking about the matchup, I'm sitting there going, man, I mean, is Todd Bowles really going to be crazy Todd Bowles and blitz and pressure the quarterback? Like, I, you know, there's enough evidence on film to go, they know how to pick up blitzes. Like, yeah. they, and not only pick them up, like they pick them up and throw for 40-yard completions. That was the funny thing about Jared Goff. It was like people were like, if you pressure him, he struggles. He throws a lot of interceptions, which is true. Right. But against the blitz, he's actually been pretty good because that Lions offensive line is so good, he normally is not pressured, no. even if you blitz. No, and he has, they have the answers. They do things the right way. He recognizes blitz and Early helps enough. out the O-line to go, hey, get to him, get to him. So it gives them a chance, right? You know, They're creative even in their like, play-action passes. They're good at picking up blitzes there, right? So, yeah, that's where I'm watching the preparation. I'm going, man, I mean, Todd's got to – they got to be seeing what I'm seeing, going, here's a team that's blitzers, and they can't get close to them. And here's a big completion. Are they really going to keep doing this, right? So, you know, they came out in the game and did the exact opposite, which, which was awesome, right? Because I know I had Tony Dungy who was like, I don't think so, Chris. Yeah. I, it's Todd Bowles. He's in a blitz. And I was like, I've seen him do the okey-doke one time, which was in the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, right, where they didn't blitz. Uh, and, uh, you know, sunshine on a dog's ass yesterday, and I ended up being right. But to the point of where I was getting, again, a team who had to kind of, like, venture away from what really got them there, mm. right? Yes. Aggressive playmaking. We're going to be in your face. Make the quarterback uncomfortable. We force you to make a bad play or a negative play every now and then. That got chopped out from underneath them, I think, because of the Lions attack. I think they looked at it and went, wait, if we blitz, not only can they carve us up in the pass game, but they're good in the run game to where if we blitz and two guys end up in the same gap because we're you know trying to press, all of a sudden we miss a gap in the run game. It's going to be Jameer Gibbs going 60 yards the other way. Yeah. So, you know, it took away one of the angles that's made the Bucks really good is because they were so worried about being burnt through the blitz that they had to adjust the way they played. And I thought really, you know, other than I don't know why the Lions didn't try to run the ball a little bit more, I was a little surprised by that. Yeah. Right? They weren't having a whole lot of success. They weren't having a ton of success. I know, you know. But still, it was a game where 
like we said, it, the the Bucks were playing five man fronts and almost dropping one or two guys out all the time, and it would be a three to four man rush. I thought they would catch him there, but either way, golf was really good. They were tough, right? And you know, like you said, like on the precipice a number of times during the game where you went, oh, they're about to control this, and like Tampa's in trouble. Baker made a big throw, to two big throws to Mike yeah. Evans at the end of the half. And then you got the game where you wanted to at 31-17. And, and uh, you know, they made a little late rally. But you guys know who you are. That's what I like. You're going to stop the run on defense like you saw the other day. And you're going to have the occasional, what we've talked about with Aaron Glenn, they blitz. They're going to, they're gonna, yeah, Nick Mullins might throw for 400 yards, but we're going to have an occasional blitz that's going to fuck him up. He's going to throw an interception. They're going to make a couple plays. That's what they're basically playing right now. Yeah. They know they're not perfect. He knows they can't hide their secondary issues. So tactically every now and then I'm going to do something crazy blitz. And let's think about it. I mean, pressure, the last interception of the game was a great blitz. That that's that that blitz and that pressure off the edge is what made Baker throw the ball. Somebody was free. He had to throw it a little before he wanted to. Barnes comes up with the interception. Now that was a big moment of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on in the football game, there was some pressure on Baker because of the same type of things. Right? We were sitting there watching. I'm going, damn. Like they got to Baker. That was Baker's fault. He's got to see that he wasn't expecting that guy to blitz. Because like as a quarterback, there was no signals a few times where to go like, oh, I better watch out for him. Right, but they're willing to kind of take those type of risks or chances, and that's what I like about the Lions. They know who they are on defense, yes. and then offensively, they can really kind of adjust to any style of football they need to. Their corners on the outside are the weakest part of their team for the Lions. You heard but me say that. You right? have you have Melon Fonmu who's come on and yeah. is blitzing, and Brian Branch. They've yeah. done that, and they right. were not picked up a couple times. That's by right. Baker in that offensive line. Aiden Hutchinson can be a guy that exactly. makes plays. Right. Um, Anzalone so flies around. Yep. A good athlete in the middle. Barnes is a thumper. Yep. Right. You got a lot of good D linemen. Maybe nobody great. Like we feel like can ruin the game for anybody. But as a unit, it's tough to move them in the run game. Yeah. And then you add on the blitz and. You know, again, I think you guys play a style of defense where you're like, it's shit or get off the pot. And if they score quickly, that's fine. That's Our it. Well, gets the that's, ball back. that's why I think they do it. That's where I was going. Might have lead me there. So let me button up that, uh, that uh, blitz thing we were talking about. Yeah. Because it could, you know, I, I don't know how much the 49ers blitz or how the, the 49ers don't, don't do blitz a lot. Okay. They're a lot like D'Amico Ryan's. I think this year maybe they blitz a little more than years past, but it, yeah. it's not a great amount. Jared Goff was not sacked on any of his 24 dropbacks against the blitz. His third game this season with at least 20 dropbacks and zero sacks versus the Blitz. The rest of the NFL has five games. Wow. Jared Goff and the Lions have three games. The rest of the NFL have five like that. So that's I, how- I would want to – where I would question that is I would wonder, like, what they classify as Blitz sometimes, right, yeah. too? Because, remember, there was a lot of plays where I went, yeah, he Blitzed, but this guy dropped. It was still a four-man rush. Sure. Remember, as I was calling, saying that in the green room? Yeah. Like, damn, they didn't Blitz again. Yeah. So I don't know if they count that as a Blitz or not. Never overwhelmed them with they numbers. They never or- overwhelmed them with yeah. numbers, I guess, is the better way for us to say it there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did not do that. Not like we saw the Bucks do to the Eagles the week before, right? Which was a big issue for Jalen Hurts and company where they couldn't figure it out and they were overwhelmed constantly. That was not one of the things the Buccaneers dialed up. And, hey, they dropped some opportunities, right? I mean, hey, Mike Evans, well, I don't know why his hands got up so late on that first interception, right? Mm-hmm. That was a big moment of the game. Thirteen, you know, Third and 17, they weren't going to get the first down. Baker threw a laser over the middle, but Mike got his hands up late and knocked it up in the air, right? And then, you know, they had another spot where they could have certainly not let you guys score a touchdown or get points. And, and um, 
Jamel Dean and dropping the interception mm-hmm. in the end zone. Those are two moments where, hey, if you're the lesser team, you know, those are the things that can't happen. Or you need to make the interception and, okay, maybe the upset can happen today. Of course, they just they just missed out on some of those plays to kind of turn the game in their favor. H-Town Mark 1961 says that last interception by Mayfield should not tarnish the fact that he completely growed up and lifted this team. They had no business being that close this far anyway. And I think that's a thing, too, with, with this Bucks team. I mean, you, you end this season, you're like, man, we did not think we were going to get this much out of this year with $80 million in dead cap space from Tom Brady saying, right. see you later. I'm going to start right. my broadcasting career next year. Right. And so give them full credit. But I want to finish this with yeah. my favorite thing. Things from what I saw, like on the Lions' offensive side, because yeah. their offense needed to step up in this one. It was like, oh, this is going to be. I thought it was going to come down to the last possession, perhaps. Right. But you saw Brock Wright. That was a great play. Definitely did it against the Jets last year. We had some Jets fans watching the game. We're like, oh, we've seen that play yeah, before. Right. Where's the third and short? I think he did it to the Giants too. Actually. Got him down there, and then Craig Reynolds, which was a little bit of a change of pace down right. there, getting the fourth down. They're carry. not going to give the ball to him in this moment. They must going to be play action pass or throw it, and they yeah. give it to him. So you can't really pin down exactly what no, the Lions are going to do. Very good at that. That. Jameer Gibbs was awesome. I yes. think we have a tweet on Jameer Gibbs, too. Or is, is it just uh, the dots of his 31-yard touchdown run? Um, that was the Jameer Gibbs drive, too, where they're like, all right, we got a playmaker here that we're just going to feed this drive. I think he had 57 yards on it. That's what I'm trying to say. They, they need to, that's run. what I was trying to get. Like, you got to learn. You got to live with. I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you no, any no, more no. points was, you want to make there? No. That was it? That's where I mean. You just. A little more patient. You got to learn, Leo, to live with a few like one yard runs and maybe a loss of a yard with Jameer Gibbs because mm. he's got a little of that Barry Sanders element where he doesn't dance too much, but he is a home run hitter. And you got to be able to just keep giving him touches too to go, you know, one of these he's going to get through the, the, the first line, of, you know, through the line of scrimmage and watch out, right? And I think that's where you can't give up on them too quickly. You can't be like the first few runs of the game go, oh, man, they're playing good run defense. They're good at run defense. We're going to get away from it. Yeah. And, uh, I, that to me is just he's too talented to not keep giving him touches. And, of course, you know I think you guys are your best when you do that and do play action pass. But, I mean, come on. This is, these are part of the reasons, and this is the perfect example of why, like, I don't think Todd Bowles wanted to blitz and be overly aggressive. This is what we were talking about, sure. right? Here we are. It's, they basically had nine guys right around the line of scrimmage. He broke through the line, and all of a sudden it's like Antoine Winfield's like, oh, shit. It's me and Gibbs one-on-one, 12 yards down the field, and he can go either way? Good luck. Yeah, you're not stopping that. Um, yeah, tremendous, tremendous uh, offense, everything there. Yeah. Jared Goff, you know, kudos to him. I told you, right, I don't think Jared Goff likes me very much, but I love it. He's chippy as hell sh- still. He wants to prove everybody wrong. I know he's heard me say negative things about him. I've known he didn't like me for a while. But and that's this, the way this he should be. proved it to It you. did prove it. It did, right? And I, I told you the story a little bit. But, yeah, you know, I was there, and I, I, I kind of went over and was close to him because I always get close to the quarterbacks. I want to watch them throw and warm up and see how they're spinning it and how they're feeling that day. And you know, he kind of gives me the cold shoulder anytime I see him. And I, I know why, and I understand. Don't worry. I mean, I did that to some people, too, when I was playing football. It's, it's part of the business, right? Uh, but, you know, he kind of said hi real quick. And, like, I think the quarterback coach kind of looked at me and, like, damn, he wasn't very nice to you. And I was like, yeah, I don't think he likes me. And I was like, he shouldn't. He goes, I said a few things about him in the Rams, and he probably heard that, doesn't like it. And I was like, I love it that he's, like, shoving it up my ass and doing that and all that. I respect that. That's what a football player should be. You know, you don't go like in the locker room and complain and be like, oh, people are talking mad at me. But you go out in the football field, you prove people wrong that way. You be tough, you handle, you know, be humble, work, work the right way. 
And he's done that, and I, I have mad respect for that. Well, and that's what I like, too, is that the Lions clearly trust him because my last favorite part for the Lions was when they were up after this Gibbs touchdown 24-17, uh-huh. and they had the ball again. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you're, you got, I think there was maybe, you know, 10 minutes left, nine minutes left, I don't know, something around there. Yeah, it was. Ten plays. Yeah. Eight of them right. were pass plays. Yeah. So, th- so Ben Johnson, they trust Jared Goff. They're like, we think he's going to make the right decision, the right read. And the last pass play was to Amon Ross St. Brown. Amex Joshua says, damn okay, Amon Ross St. Brown. He has sneakily been one of the best wide receivers all year, deserves his flowers. He isn't the biggest or the fastest, but he is always open. Damn player. He, is, he can do it all. He's, he's awesome. And then he, he's, he's strong as hell. I mean, the tackles he can break, the route running special – and to something we've hit on with the Lions and, like, kind of what you're saying here, right? Like, they trust Jared Goff. They should. That was a beautiful throw right there. Great throw. That was, like, really one of the, the uh, like, tremendous. Like, one of those where he threw it so perfect when he first threw it. I went, ah, oh, he let him too much. And it just, like, no, he didn't even have to break stride. He ran full speed straight through the ball, touchdown, great play. But – Something like you're leading me down where we've talked about this with the Lions, and this is what's respectable about them. Like, they don't let you off the hook, right? They don't let you overplay run defense. Oh, we're up by a touchdown. Now you're not going to let us run the clock out? They say, fuck you. We trust our quarterback. He'll throw a 12-yard curl for a first down. He'll throw the 10-yard in cut first down. If you're going to be that egregious playing run defense, they don't let you off the hook. That's what I like about the Lions. They rarely schematically let you off the hook, right? That's right. If it's third, like we've talked about a few times, their defense. If it's third and four, they play to stop the five yard pass. They go, you're not getting the five yard, but you might get a 50 yard bomb. You might score a touchdown, but you're not getting the five yard pass, right? They will overplay situations. That's kind of what we went to. I think it was the Bucks game earlier this year when I started to say that. You guys overplay situational football. You kind of go, what's the obvious thing the team would do here? We're not going to let them do that. They're going to have to do something else. And I think that's good coaching. I, I do. you got to take away something, right? And I hate defenses that go, oh, we're going to take away a little of everything. And then I go, well, you're not going to take away anything if you do that, right? Yeah. you got to start with one thing and then build from there. Yeah. And then we saw at the final whistle of the game, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, Ben Johnson, running around the field in like a full sprint. We had <laughs> Chauncey Gardner-Johnson run down to us. Yeah. And I think Rodney was like, I think he's talking shit to it us. It did right? look like he was. He was. He was more like, because he was saying, yeah. And he was saying he was talking all that shit. He was talking about Baker Mayfield. Right? Okay, yes. He was talking all that bullshit, telling me he's watching the film. Right? That's what he did to us. Yeah. But Rodney, you know, of course, him being like half pit bull, okay? He was like, is this guy, is he fucking coming over here to fight us? Like, so Rodney's <laughs> like, what'd you say? You know? It was hilarious. Two, like, crazy-ass secondary players. Uh, but yeah, but that ben, was amazing. And, and then, then yeah. the game ends, and we both look at each other, and we go, was that Ben Johnson? Because he literally... I don't even know how to explain it. Like, ran in a big circle like with, with his, his arms, arms out, out like, like an airplane. airplane. He was like, ah! And we were like, he came like 10 yards from us, and we were like, 
I think that was Ben Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And then he ran right in the locker room. Into the tunnel, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, so they, they were pumped, clearly. Um, last thing, and Pete, yeah. I, know, I know Pete would want us to talk about this, too, because it was a little weird at the end of the game. Yeah. Juicy one yeah. says, Damn okay, how did the Lions nearly mess up the timing of their kneel downs at the end of the game? Why didn't Bowles take the final timeout? Lions could have missed the field goal. Bucks would have had some time for another drive. Um, and so the Lions did. They took their final knee at, I think, 37 seconds or something like that. Yeah. And theoretically, it was going to be fourth down then. Todd Bowles could have used his last time out and made the Lions do something, their kick. And if you miss it, who knows what's going to happen. It actually gives me an idea for teams to do this as an okie doke later on. Some, somebody should do this. Right. Like just say, well, we're not going to use our timeouts. And Let then... them do first and second down. Hope they'll be lazy on third down and just go, well, they gave up. They're not going to call that last timeout. Yeah. They kneel the ball a little early and you go, oh, timeout. Yeah. And then you get a chance. I mean, it actually gave me that idea. Yeah. I think there was a little bit of like, you know, lax on the Lions with an understanding like, wait, they didn't call timeout. The game's going to be over. They're letting it finish. They're letting yeah. it finish. They didn't call timeout there, which I was surprised. I mean, usually most coaches just go out calling all their timeouts so you don't have questions like this, yeah. right? That all of a sudden everyone yeah. goes, everyone, what are you doing? Um, but, yeah, you know, they got to it, right? They, the Detroit Lions got the ball with a minute 33. The – they had one timeout left, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. So okay, if it most. was really played the right way, right, all the way down, prototypical, even if the Bucks called the timeout, like it should have been one of those things where, okay, if they did everything did it the right way, everybody did it the right way, the Lions are going to punt the ball with what? 15 seconds left? No, not even that. I not don't think 12? They, they wouldn't, no, they wouldn't even punt it because I bet you they would have done the thing where they golf would have taken it, taken and his just time. just throwing the ball deep. Taking right. his time, taking a knee, and, and then, then you, you whittle a couple seconds there. And maybe, then, maybe you're right. Or, yeah, and, and maybe if they do have to punt the ball, they go, okay, we punt the ball. You have four seconds left from your own 20-yard line. What are you going to do? you <laughs> got to score a touchdown yeah. and like a two-point conversion. Yeah. So I think that's where it was a little weird, though. There's no doubt about that. So here's what Todd Bowles had yeah. to say about it after the game. They already had a field goal and lined up, and it would have been about 12 seconds left on the clock to end the ball game. We weren't going to come back from that. No sense of prolonging the obvious. Yeah, so, I mean, he's talking about if the Lions had actually played it right. There should have been only 12 seconds, but, the, I mean, everyone is like, well, they did take the knee with 37 seconds left, but. Oh, they took the first, the second knee too quickly. I mean, they, they did it all both wrong. Of them. Yeah. They did. You know, they got the ball with a minute 33. The next snap was at a minute six. 27 seconds went off. They could have let another 13 seconds on that one go off as well. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they kind of took it that way. I'm telling you, somebody's got to pay attention to that. If I'm a coach next year, I got one timeout in the game, I'm going to pull the okie doke. You take the headsets off. You hand it to your person. I'm going to tell Shanahan to do that to the Lions this week. And then he's going to put the headphones back (laughs) on and go, get him out. I don't think they were going to come back and win. I don't think so I don't think they were going to get the touchdown, the two-point conversion, and win in overtime. But you never know. Uh, That was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. So my Lions are moving on. We're all happy about that, but maybe the 49ers are not happy about that. This is a a tougher contest than Mm -hmm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be, theoretically. The 49ers are happy just to be surviving and getting past the seventh seed in the Packers, 24-21. The 49ers come back in this one. 4-9ers, 7-0-1, says Damo K. Kyle Shanahan finally able to get a win after trailing by five or more points entering the fourth quarter. They were 0-30. for I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, yeah, they're not a... You know, he hasn't had that big-time quarterback who can go, oh, I'll just get in the shotgun coach yeah. and I'll bring you back and don't worry, I'll carry you, right? They're, they're not, let alone 
they're a little built that way to where, yeah, they want to get out in front and then they can run the ball and mm-hmm. then they hate defense, be fucking crazy like you are, and we'll win the game that way. Yeah. But definitely one of the elements, few elements, only element that kind of Shanahan has that is like a blemish on his resume to a degree, right? So I, I, I think in a lot of ways that game can be a blessing, right? They were outplayed. The upset was there to be had. Of all the games this weekend, this was the one where it ended up being, oh, the number one seed who hasn't played a lot the last few weeks, a little sleep, asleep at the wheel. Other team came in, been playing playoff football for a while, have talent, got a little mojo going, got nothing to lose, and they caught the 49ers, no doubt. I mean, more than caught. Outplayed them in a lot of ways, let alone – you know, dropped a pick six, maybe dropped another one that would maybe would have been a pick six, right? I mean, they had some chances in this game to really put the 49ers in a bind, right? So that's what I look at. You know, the 49ers defense, as you heard me say, I don't think it's as dominant as years past. I don't. I think it's still really good. It's not as dominant as we saw last year, the year they went to the Super Bowl, the other year where they lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship. Jordan Love did a lot of good things. Their offense made a lot of plays. The special teams, when they returned that kick, right, and I, that, was the one, that was the one point where I was like, 14, 13, 49ers, okay, they got them now. They're going to they're gonna start to control the game here. And then Kasim Nixon uh, returns the kick, and you went, oh, shit, damn, they got the ball at the 19-yard line here already. And, of course, they scored a touchdown a few plays later, and then you went, oh, well, they're here to stay now. Now it's a game. And it was. And, you know, kudos to Matt LaFleur, the offense, what they did. We know Jordan Love can make some big throws and all that. They stayed pretty patient with the run all night. The big thing of the game was the Green Bay defense. The Green Bay defense was the thing I think we all questioned, right? They played really damn good, and I think they took the right approach, right? You heard me say as we were watching it. I kept going, damn, Green Bay's just playing five-man front. They're going to go a little bit, like we said, we're going to stop something. So we're stopping the run. We're not going to let that get going. And then they played two deep safeties, it looked like, for the most of the night. Not always cover two, sometimes cover four, but shell coverages. And they said, we're not letting Shanahan dial up one of his trick play action plays or passes to where all of a sudden it's going to be Kittle or McCaffrey, right, but nobody in the screen running down the sidelines. And we're like, oh, Brock Purdy, touchdown, right? They basically said, we're going to make you work it all night long. We feel like we got – talent and athletes to where we can rally and make the tackles and they expose the 49ers in the fact that they're very big play reliant so that, that's that was going to be my question yeah would it have worked if Debo had played the whole game I think it would have made it a little harder for sure I do because where Debo is like it's the Debo reverses and screens and little things like that where in these kind of games you start to go damn they're they're kind of killing us here seven yards at a time. They throw a screen to Debo. He comes up, you know, he gets up there for eight, 10, 12 yards. You know, they run the speed sweep or the reverse with Debo. Oh, shit. Man, we've got to start getting some guys in the line of scrimmage. We can't play this shell stuff all the time, right? That's where he can change a little bit. Definitely, he can change the game. They're definitely a much more dangerous mm-hmm. offense. And he gives them attitude, as we know, too. And he's one of those guys on their team where. 
to me, he's the best on their team that can go above and beyond after he has the ball in his hand, right? Catches the ball down the middle, that's great, but he can break a tackle, break somebody's ankles, break another tackle, and that's rare, and he's the best at that on their football team, and that's where they missed him, certainly. Ben Money Morris wants to give a shout-out to the Packers' offensive line and defensive line for yeah. controlling a lot of the game. Mm-hmm. He goes, glad the Niners still pulled it out, but I was worried. Yeah, you should have been. I mean, hey, we, we, talk, we try to tell people – their O-line is really good. Mm-hmm. They can pass protect against anybody. I don't care who it is, right? The defense all year has been a little all over the place. You know I'm a huge lover of their talent. But when we kind of broke down the game last week, they got some big fuckers in the middle. They got two guys on the edge who are the real deal. And Kenny Clark was a, was a problem, is a problem, is going to be a problem. He gave them issues. You know, you know the big number 93 – Slayton, uh, Tadir Slayton, or uh, what the hell is his last name? I'm forgetting his last name. It's Slayton. I'm pretty sure it is. I've got too many names going through my head here. But, yeah, him in the middle, um, to Daryl Slayton, there it is. Thank you. You know, They, they gave the Niners issues. And yeah. the Niners, just like I said with their defense, maybe not as good as years past, I don't think their offensive line is as physically dominant as years past either. And that's where I look at your football team. And we'll break it down more Wednesday in the Lions and go, yeah, there's some things where you guys match up well with the Niners. You know, hey, here's just base level, right? You guys can stop the run. That's one thing, right? Right? You'll, you'll, I think, play defenses that will force them to throw the ball outside the numbers and not let them have the stuff down the middle. Yeah. Conversely, on the other side of the ball, what do I always say about teams if you want to beat the 49ers? We saw it a little in that game, too. Yeah. Throw the ball down the field outside the numbers. Jared Goff ain't afraid to do that. You guys will block it up, play action, and be aggressive that way. You know? So that's where I go, yeah, the 49ers are better than the Lions. The Lions have some things here that you match up well with them are going to be a pain in the ass for them. So that's where I'm excited. And the 49ers certainly got to play better football than they did yeah. the other night. Because if they play the way they did the other night, your Lions will be going to the Super Bowl. Well, let's talk about the quarterback of the 49ers then because we have a little yin and yang here. We got yeah. Matt Bostic, 94, with the first comment. It goes, damn okay, Purdy. Showed grit to pull through on the final drive of the game to win it. What more does he have to do to prove he deserves to be in the discussion for a top 10 quarterback in the league? And then you have at baseball Daniel 1 that says, damn okay. I know the Niners won, but Kyle Shanahan, WTF, horrible game management before the half. Why are you passing so much in the rain when Purdy was clearly struggling with the wet ball? Make it make sense, Chris. So I think you had some people out there, some Purdy defenders, and and that last drive was he ran it, they scored. It's exactly what they needed to do. No margin for error there. Right. Full credit. But uh, this was not a great game. Tough conditions for sure, right? But it was not a great day for the quarterback of the 49ers. No, no, it wasn't. I I think they're like almost both of these can be true here a little bit. You know, he did show grit. There's no doubt about that. You know, the the game was not smooth or comfortable for him at all. But, like, in the biggest moment, he delivered. He did. Definitely. Right? And, you know, we kind of saw this in the Browns game earlier this year. Remember, he played like crap in that game. Last drive of the game, he drove them down. They got in 39-yard field goal. They missed it. But, like, didn't play good, but was able to be, like, mentally strong enough to go, you know what, I'm going to get us there. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, top 10 in the league, I'm not ready to say that. Matt Bostic, 94, no. You know, again, he throws the, they catch those two pick sixes and you're losing and we're going, oh, oh no, Brock Purdy, right? Let alone, there was a number of throws in the game that he missed. You know, that's what I worry about with Brock Purdy. And not, I don't think we're going to have to worry about it this week. I've already heard the weather's supposed to be good. But we saw this year that long motion with small hands mm. is not conducive to wet footballs. It was, it was red alert when we saw the glove on the hand 
early on, I was like, oh, no. You're, you're Ahmed and his, his funniness, and right, he's so dry. I was like, oh, you, but you can't. You're not rooting for the 49ers, right? They, Purdy's wearing a glove. I know. If, you, if you knew he was going to be wearing a glove, would you, would have, you picked have picked him picked to them? Yeah, would you have picked him right, to win? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't love that. He yeah, did no. take it off, though. He did. Pretty yeah. 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 The glove is not always the best thing in the rain, like mm. you've heard me say. Let alone, it does take away your feel a little, right? You're trying to throw little short passes, little darts, sidearms, whatever. The ball doesn't come out the same way because the gloves stick to the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's a little weird that way. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, too, to at Baseball Daniel 1, I think Shanahan is trying to create some momentum at the end of the half, and he's gone, we can't run the fucking ball. And their front five is whooping our ass a little bit. So let me see if we can get going here. And, yeah, it almost became dangerous, certainly. I, I hear you there. But I don't think like, Shanahan's logic was crazy at the end of the half to, to be a little bit more throw mode. Again, let's not forget, the 49ers, you are where you are because you got Shanahan, you're aggressive on offense, and you attack more times than not. Yeah. So they're trying to stay within you know, what they are all year long. Yeah, and a missed field goal right at the yeah, end, that's too. Right. That's right. It was the field goal, goal range, too. So. That's right. I forgot about that, too. Um, so yeah. so um, here's where Purdy was awesome, and this is what he does well. Uh, the Kittle 32-yard touchdown reception. So the Kittle TD was Purdy's seventh touchdown this season when scrambling, tied for the most in the NFL, tied with Josh Allen, tied with Russell Wilson. So once he gets outside of the pocket, and uh, he's – He keeps he's his eyes downfield. Super dangerous. He does. Now, you know, th- this is all out blitz, right? Or, you know, they're, they're – they're they're basically like all out blitzing, and then they kept a guy like in the area to take away some certain route. I don't know what thirty six, thirty six is like. It's like they wanted to pressure and mm. blitz, but they were like yeah. trying to take away Ayuk's ability to run a slant or whatever else. So now, yeah, Kittle gets matched up on Darnell Savage way down the field, and Purdy does a good job of kind of floating, realizing, wait, they sent six. Let me just kind of float to a spot, and then he starts continue to float, and he goes, okay, let me start to move and run a little bit because I can see Kittle's going to pull away here and throws a great ball down the field, right on the money to George Kittle, right? But but. To, to like our last question. See, this is why the 49ers attack, though, because they know at times, hey, teams got to do something. We have a lot to stop, and we can catch people in some coverages and some moments here where we don't want to let them off the hook like we talk about your Lions team. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what, you know, the mode Shanahan was in at the end of the first half. And, you know, luckily got out of there. It was almost the number one seed, asleep at the wheel, we haven't played football, uh-oh moment. Uh, but they came through and got the big win. And I, like I said, I think it's going to be a blessing. One, for the comeback win to make Purdy feel good. Two, it's the kind of win that nobody's going to like when they go into the building the next day. Mm. They're almost going to be like, holy shit, we dodged a bullet. The coach is going to yell at them and be like, yeah, we won, but you sucked, you sucked, you sucked. And we're not going to the Super Bowl if we play like that again this week. Right. It's almost the perfect wake-up call that way. So we'll see what happens, and we'll all tune in 6 p.m. Eastern we will. Sunday. Uh, and we do need to give a special shout-out to uh, Jordan Love, the way he finished the year. Of course. I mean, he's clearly their guy. I, and, yeah, and there I was some question. There, was, yeah. there really was some question right. midway through the year. It's like, I don't know. Are they going to even play? Wasn't there some talk of, like, Will he play out the year? I don't know who else they have, but well, they had the Sean Clifford guy we talked about. Oh, yeah, right? I remember right. who Wasn't I liked there a lot. Talk yeah. Sometimes, like, yeah. wonder what they have in him. Well, I, I think know. I was more like saying if he falls, you know, that was early in the preseason. I was like, if he doesn't work out the right, right way, yeah. Clifford can hang it, hang it, in, hang in there. 
Well, well, he he worked out. Yeah, he worked out. Um, and um, a couple touchdowns in this one. Looked good. A couple interceptions, though, too. And Joel M. the third says, why did Jordan Love revert back to default settings, Utah Jordan, on the final play of the game? Kind of crazy. I mean, I kind of dropped the ball by leaving this out. I mean, this, this is where we got. I got 249er centric here. But, yeah, Packers, game there to be won. It's there. They're outplaying them. The first interception, third and 11, right? Guys, I think it's Kraft, uh, Kraft who's coming across the middle of the tight end. Right? Probably not going to get the first down. Throws him a good ball. He's got a DB kind of coming down on him. Maybe breaks an arm tackle, and then there was room. He's going to get a first down, right? But, like, throws a bad ball. Where we've seen Jordan Love and his mechanics, these are some of the things he's got to tighten up. This is why he likes to sit on his back leg and flick it because he goes, wait, I can do that the same way every time. Mm -hmm. When I'm standing there throwing the ball perfect, the ball's a little all over the place sometimes, right? So that's where he's got to hone in a little bit. But there's a shallow cross. He throws it, what, I don't know, two feet behind him, right? Two or three feet high, tipped up in the air interception. They get the ball back. They drive down the fucking field. Okay, good. Miss a field goal. So they throw an interception that led to a long field goal for the 49ers. They missed a field goal that led to a short field touchdown for the 49ers. And then, of course, he throws the thing at the end of the football game when you're only down by three. Yeah. And that's where a guy that took care of the football really well all year really never did that type of crap, right? Yeah. So that's that's the big thing there. It was and, first and ten, but it was also like desperation time. I mean, we're talking what thirty seconds left yeah. in the game, fifty yeah. seconds left in the right. game. It wasn't that desperate. That would have been the greatest throw in the history of football. I don't know. I think when he that that snap started, it, I think there was like let 30 me see. Seconds was left. it might have been late? It might have been high thirties. Uh, we can I, I can get to it right here. Uh, right, here we go. I got it. It was fifty two seconds. No, when it was fifty two. Okay, you know. Right. So they snapped it at fifty two seconds. Yeah. Um, no timeouts though. No timeouts. Right. But to be running that fast to the right, and he tries to throw the ball across his body, basically to the left hash, mm. twenty five yards down the field. Listen, even for Mahomes or Allen, that's going to be like, whoa, are you really trying that? Right. And hey, Dre Greenlaw gets the interception, but I mean. It, Fred Warner's going to intercept it, too, if Drake Greenlaw doesn't. So yeah, that just was surprising yeah, in that dry, that's the yeah. way it fell apart for right. Green Bay. He'd been so good. Everything had just continued to go upward, upward, upward. And then they kind of messed up the game there late in the, late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah, in perfect conditions, that would have been a very difficult pass yeah, exactly. to exactly. pull off. And you could tell the way it came out of his hand, too. It was just not – it was – he would like that one back. He definitely He doesn't would. want that to be the last 41 pass. 41-yard field goal. Although, they would have missed it. So we know that, right? We know <laughs> well, that they might. I mean, they missed the forty-one yard before that. That's just that was you know pretty surprising as well. But hey, they let the 49ers off the hook. I got no problem no. with saying that. I think the 49ers are better, like I've always said. But that was the game. That was mm -hmm. a day where it was there to be had for the upset to happen, and yeah. Green Bay just kind of blew the opportunity. Pete says they did have two timeouts at the end there, so it wasn't desperation. Total desperation time. Yeah, no, I don't. Them, I, yeah, so, it's, yeah. it's good you're laying that out there. Yeah, I, I did not think it was desperate. I remember when he threw it, going, "Why would you even try that in that moment?" Yeah. Right? So yeah, good job.
job, Pete, filling in the details there. But uh, the future is bright, it looks like, for this young Green Bay Packers That's team. That's right. Uh, which is dangerous for my Lions I know because the Bears look like they'll be improving and with whatever they get in the talented. draft. And yeah, yeah. The Vikings. I mean, like, Kirk Cousins got to go somewhere else or else the Vikings are going to be tough next you year. Guys, yeah, you guys are going to be one of these teams where we're all of a sudden going to go, this is just the best division in football. That's that's just crazy. You're gonna... like, damn, we finally get good, and now everybody else <laughs> is good, everyone too? gets good. What the hell? Oops. Yeah, that was a good one. But I hope everybody enjoyed it. I don't know. Did we have anything else? That's I it. Look that no, was it. That's good. It. Uh, Pete, way to go with all the dots, yep, all the stuff. Job. That was great awesome. Job, I love talking to all of that. Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the pod. Sorry we were a little late than normal. I mean, we were flying in our private plane. Excuse me. Sorry. No, <laughs> with I, no internet, though. Yeah, no People internet. People don't understand there's we, no we internet. Were, if, if Amon and I did not get on the private plane, we were going to do the pod in the airport in Detroit. Yes. All right. And uh, we were prepared to be just like we everyone prepared. else. Exactly right. Until they said that you can get on that plane. And we were, and we were like, like screw yeah. everyone else. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. We yeah. got to get home. But yeah. uh, stay at us, okay? You know what? Wednesday, we'll be here. We're going to break down the, the NFC AFC Championship game. I'll give you a few more answers about it, specifically what happened in this last game. Love some of the questions. We got some of them saved for Wednesday. Ahmed, congrats to your Lions. Oh. You were the man. I am happy for you. Thank you. Go Niners this week, though. And this, you're my buddy. All right, everybody, you know where to find us. Be good the next few days. Clap it up. Clap it up.